Let's go, let's go, Okay, we are learning Le'ilu Nishmas, my mother, Imi Marasi, Nechabas Chaim Zaydol, Le'ilu Nishmas, all the Kedoshim, our Achinu Kol Beis Yisrael, we have lost, who have been taken from us since October 7th. And we're learning, B'zachos Archayalim, they should be victorious, B'karov, very soon in our day to eradicate the evil of Hamas from our midst and all of our enemies from our midst. Okay, we're on Yud Tes Amr Aleph, we're on 19a. By the mission on top of the page, the mission says, Ben Ir Shaholach Likrach. So you have someone who is a Ben, the son of an Ir of a city, meaning an unwalled city, who goes to a Krach, to a walled city. And similarly, one who lives in a walled city travels to a city without a wall. Now, clearly, the one who lives in the city has to usually keep Purim on the 14th, celebrate Purim on the 14th, where the one who lives in the Krach, in the walled city, has to celebrate on the 15th. So how do we determine this? You have someone who's from a, a, a unwalled city, goes to a walled city, vice versa. How do they celebrate their Purim? Do they do from where they are right now, or are they supposed to follow from where they come from? So the Mishnah says, If they plan on in the future returning to their place, they actually have to read the way of the place where they came from, their um, place of origin or the place where they live. Now, what does this mean exactly? Gemara is going to explain. Does it? What does it mean that in the future they're going to go back? This could be a, a, a long time coming, so we have to figure out what that means. Okay, and then it says v'imlav, and if they don't plan on, um, if they don't plan on going back, then kore iman. Then they should read with the place that they are in. Okay, umehechan kore adam esamagila v'yotze bayadechavaso. And from what point? Is a person supposed to read the Megillah and and they will be fulfilling their mitzvah, their chov, their obligation of reading the Megillah. So Rameir Omer Kula. Rameir says, you got to read the whole entire Megillah. You can't play around. got to read the whole entire Megillah. However, Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda says, you can actually, if you start reading from the Ishihudi, which is in Perak Bet Pasuk Hay, if you start reading from there, then you're, and you read it from that point and onward, then you're fulfilling your mitzvah. Apparently, you don't have to read the first chapter and the first four verses of the Second chapter. And then Rabbi Yossi, Omer Rabbi Yossi says, from the first Pasuk in Parak Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, from after these things, he holds that that's where you have to start reading from, and therefore you can actually skip the first two, first two um, um, chapters, and you would actually have been fulfilling your mitzvah. Okay, so that's the Mishnah. So now let's get back to this whole conversation of the one who's traveling from either a walled city to an unwalled city or vice versa. Amarava, so Rava says like this, Lo shanu, we only learned this Ella, I mean, we, only, we didn't learn except for, where when we're talking about in the future he's going to go back, it means you're going to go back at the night of the 14th. So let's try and figure this out, okay? Let's try and figure this out. But if you're not going to go back on the night of the 14th, then you read with them. So, for example, let's start with this. Let's say you're someone from an unwalled city who now is going to a walled city. You're from an unwalled, sorry, you're from a walled city and you go to an unwalled city. So generally, if you're from the walled city, you have to read on the 15th. But you're, as the 14th comes in, as they start, as the unwalled city starts celebrating Purim, you're there. Okay, so we're going to explain this according to Rashi. So if that person from the walled city who now is, has traveled to the unwalled city, if his plan is to return to the walled city 
before the end of the night of the 14th, and it can even be a few minutes before dawn. So then he is going to read with the walled city. He doesn't have to read on the 14th. Even though he was there that night when that entire unwalled city was reading the Megillah, he doesn't have to read with them. Why? Because he's going to be returning that night at some point that night. And therefore, he would not have been in the unwalled city by the day of the 14th. And once you're not there for the day of the 14th, you're not obligated to have joined those celebrating in the unwalled city on the 14th. Okay, so you have to have returned that night. If, however, you didn't return then, right? But if you're not going to return that night, so let's say you stay first thing in the morning, you're still in the unwalled city, right? Sunrise is there. Then since the obligation to start reading in the morning already started as well, now it's as if you were there for that day and you had the obligation now to read. So you really have to determine when you're going to be leaving that unwalled city. Okay, and then vice versa. Now let's take the other route. If let's say you were someone from an unwalled city who found themselves in a walled city. So if you are going to, and Rashi explains, if you are going to return by the night of the 15th, right? Now remember, you're in the walled city. You're from an unwalled city, but you're in the walled city. If you're going to return now on that night of the, I think the night of the 15th, right? So then you will not be obligated to have joined the walled city, as we said, just like when you were when the wall when the person from the walled city was in the unwalled city, they didn't stay the, the whole entire night of the 14th, so they weren't obligated with them. So too, when you have someone from an unwalled city in a walled city, if he's going to leave before the 15th, before the end of the night of the 15th, he will not then be deemed to be part of the walled city. And then what does he do? So Rashi says he actually, in that case, even though he's in the walled city, he has to read the Megillah on the 14th in the walled city because he still views himself as being part of his origin, that being an unwalled city. Okay, wow. So he'll have to read when he's in the walled city, the night and the day of the 14th the Megillah to celebrate as though he was still in an unwalled city, even though at that moment he's in a walled city. Okay, very interesting halachic question and topic um, and even then, it's still a little, still, it's actually very confusing still, but uh, it's a matter of determining where you're going to be the morning, right, before the start of the morning. And therefore, you're viewed as, you know, if you stayed after the beginning of the morning, then you're viewed as someone from that place that you have been visiting. Okay, so let's go a little weiter. So Rava says, where do I know this? Where do I know this whole idea that once you've stayed by the morning or once you, if you leave before the end of the night, then you're not considered part of that city that you were just in. But if you stay within the starting point of the next morning, then it's viewed as if you're a part of that place that you are in. So where do I know this from? So he's quoting Tichsev as it writes in Megillus Esther. It says, in Esther, Parak Tes, Pasuk Yud Tes. It says, Al-Kin Ha-Yehudim Ha-Prazim. Therefore, the Jews of the villages or of the unwalled cities, Ha-Yoshvim Ba'are Ha-Prazos, who dwell in the cities of the unwalled cities that are unwalled. So the Gemara asks, Michti, let's analyze this Pasuk. Ksiv Ha-Yehudim Ha-Prazim. Right, it writes the Jews of the unwalled cities. Why did I then have to say afterwards? Why did the pasuk have to kind of repeat itself and write afterwards those that are dwelling in the city that are unwalled? So what is it coming to teach us? So how come Ashwala and this pasuk is coming to teach us? This redundancy is coming to teach us. 
de paros ben yomo nikra paros that uh, someone who's in an unwalled city ben yomo that day all it takes is one full day they are nikra they are called paros they are called someone from an unwalled city so therefore even when a person from a walled city is visiting an unwalled city once they've stayed overnight into the morning, they are now deemed, it's considered a one-day stay. They're a Ben Yomo, but Ben Yomo, being there for at least one day, it's viewed now as if you are part of that city, and in this case, that unwalled city, and you're called a Paruz. And that's why you would have to read with them if you stayed into the next morning. So Ashkakan Paruz. So we find a great example by the case of an unwalled city, meaning if someone from a walled city was visiting an unwalled city, it makes sense. And we could say that now they're called a Paruz. They're called someone from the unwalled city. However, Mukaf Manalambu, how do I know the opposite? That someone from an unwalled city who's visiting a walled city, a Mukaf, something that's surrounded by a wall. How do I know that that also applies? So Svarahu, we say it's it's a logical inference. Midaparuz ben Yomo Kariparas. Since someone from an unwalled city who is there for just one day is called a resident of the unwalled city. So therefore, Mukaf ben Yomo Kari Mukaf. So too, someone who's from a, a walled city and he's there for just one day visiting, but he's there for a full day in terms of the Megillah, he is definitely called a Mukaf. He's called someone from a walled city and have to read with them. So now Rava says, Ben Kfar Shahalachli'ir. So now you, let's say you have a villager, right? The villagers that we've been talking about were the ones that didn't have the means or the people to know how to read the Megillah. So when they visited the bigger cities, they would read on the day that they visited, on the Mondays or Thursdays. So Rabbi says, if you have a villager that Shahalach Le'ir, that he actually went to a city, an unwalled city, on the day of Purim, Bein Kach Uvein Kach, Koriman, whether he's going to go back or not, whether he'll go back to that city, you know, starting the next morning or not, still Koreman. He still has to read with them. Why? My time. What's the reason for that? Why does he have to read with them no matter what? Hey, if he's going to go back, he's going to go back. And the truth is, he, didn't he already hear the Megillah on the day that he entered into the big city a, a day before, or two days before, or three days before? So why in this case does he have to stay with them when he visits? So the reason is high kivnei ha'ir because the re the reality is he's really like someone from a uh, an unwalled city. He's really like someone from the city. Ba'ilamikre, the truth is that he has to read just like a bnei ha'ir has to read, right? The truth is anyone who's from an unwalled city, unwalled place, they really have to read on the fourteenth. and it's the rabbanon who came in and were lenient regarding the people that lived in the villages that they can actually read early, in order that they can provide the water and the muslim for their brothers in the bigger cities. And the Gemara spoke about, was this for the people of the bigger cities or is it for them that they can you know, gain some parnas of some sort? But there was this leniency. So the only reason why they can read early on is because of a leniency. But the truth is, without that leniency, they really are obligated to hear on the 14th. Right, so Hani Mili, when does that when does that leniency apply? Ki ise beduchte, leniency of reading it earlier or before the fourteenth is only when they're in their beduchte in their place, right? If they're back in their village, aval ki ise beir. But when they find themselves to for some reason being in the bigger city, then by Then they really have to read like the people of the city. And therefore, they can't make any excuses, and we can make it, we can't make any excuses for them if they find themselves starting in the night of the fourteenth that they're in a bigger city, then they really have to read on the fourteenth because that was really their obligation always. It just was because of this leniency that they were able to read earlier. Okay, ACV Abai. So Abai now has a question on what we just taught. It says Abai he quotes Abai. It says Ben Krach Shahalach Leir Ben Kachu Ben Kach So we say a Ben Krach, someone from a a walled city 
Shahalach Le'ir, who goes to a unwalled city. So Ben Kach whether he's going to return or not, Korei Kimikomo. He has to read like the place where he came from. He has to read like the, wall, the walled city. So that actually goes against everything we said. So the continuation is Ben Krach. So like, do you really think that this Bryce was talking about Ben Krach? We already clarified that when we talked about a Ben Krach, someone from a walled city, it was all that we already established. It was always dependent on, is he going to go back before the morning or not? So LLA, so rather not, isn't this Bryce talking about a Ben Kfar? He's talking about, don't read it as Ben Krach, someone from a walled city. Rather, it's a Ben Kfar, someone from a village. And what did this Bryce say? That someone from a village whether he's going to go back or not, he reads like his place, Kimakomo, which means that he actually shouldn't be reading with the unwalled city when he's with the bigger city, because maybe he already read earlier. So this is the question that we have on what Rava just taught a second ago, where the Ben Kfar has to stay in the city on the 14th, no matter what. And here this price seems to be saying that he doesn't have to stay in the city. He just reads like the place where he comes from. So now the Gemara, to answer this question, it says, Vilav tirutse mitaratsta, didn't you just Terutsi Mitzrayim like answer by correcting the Brisa, right? We already corrected the Brisa to say that it doesn't mean Ben Krach, a pe- person from a wall city. It rather, it rather means Ben Kfar, a person from a village. So once we already corrected that, so Tani, you should teach and correct it as Kora Iman, that he reads with them, meaning the person from the village who goes into a bigger unwalled city, he reads with them. Not that he reads from, like his place, but he reads with them that being on the 14th. Okay, so we corrected it twice. We had, if we corrected it once, we're going to correct the whole entire thing to make sense and work with the opinion of Rava. Okay, so it wasn't a question on Rava anymore. Next part of the mission, it says, From what point does a person read the Megillah and they, in order that they could fulfill their obligation? How much do you have to read? So Tanya was taught in Bryce, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, So this is a new opinion. He says, from that night, this is in Parag Vav Pasuk Aleph, when Achashverosh wakes up and, you know, is bothered and he opens up the book of Chronicles and he sees that Mordechai saved his life. And he says, all these opinions as to how much of the Megillah you have to read, they're really all based on one Pasuk. What is that Pasuk? It's Pasuk. Perek Tes, Pasuk Chav Tes in Megillah, Vatichtav Esther HaMalka Umordechai Hayudi Es Kol Toikev, that Esther and the Malka and Mordechai, the, the Yehudi, they wrote the entire Tokev, which means like the authority or the power. So what does that mean? Manda Amar, so it's this, this whole entire Tokev. So you, we have to hear the Tokev, the entire authority or power that is being implied within the Megillah. So this is what they're arguing about. Manda Amar Kula, the one who says you have to hear the whole entire Megillah to be Yodzei, the reading of the Megillah, Tokvo Shalachaverosh. It's talking about the authority and power of Achashverosh. And that authority starts from the very beginning of the Megillah. So if you have to read the whole entire Megillah. Manda Amar, and the one who says that being Rabbi Yehuda, the one who says you have to hear from Me'ish Yehudi in Parag Beis Pasuk So Tokvo Shal Mordechai. We're talking about the authority of Mordechai. The Mordechai comes into the picture and his authority within the story. Umanda Amar Me'achard Rima'ela and the one who says as from the Paragimel Pasuk Aleph that being Rebbe Yossi what does he darshan out? It's Tukfo Shal Haman. It's the authority and power that Haman has in the story of the Megillah which starts in the third parak. Umanda Amar Belaylahu and Rabbi Shimon Yochai who says from Belaylahu from that night Tukfo Shal Nes it's the authority and power of the actual miracle that happened on Purim. Wow. Okay, so that's what they're arguing about, all based on the same verse. Which tokef are we talking about? Rav Huna Rav Huna says, actually, they all argue based on this pasuk from here. From here. This is Parak Tes Pasuk Chav Vav. It says, Umaro al-Kacha. 
<clears throat> what did they see regarding this and what reached to them, what came upon them. So Kula, the one who says you have to hear in the entire Megillah, he breaks down the puzzle like this. Mara, who what did Achashverosh? What did Achashverosh see? Shinish Tamish Bekalemishel Besamiglash, that he decided to use the vessels of the Besamiglash. Al Kacha, it's regarding this. Mishum, what does it mean regarding this? Because the Chashiv Shivim Shanin Velo Ifrok, because he calculated 70 years and Hashem still didn't take us out and uh, redeem us. So he said, oh, I guess it's over. It's time that I could take the Kalim. And then so what reached upon them? The Katl Vashti, that Vashti was killed, and then the whole story unfolds. Okay. Umanda the one who says, Me'ishihudi, they have to only start hearing from Me'ishihudi. So what did we see? It was Mordechai. What did Mordechai see? The Ikne Behaman, who was provoking Haman, Al-Kacha. It was regarding this, the Shavi Nafshi Avodazar. It was because Haman equated himself to be Avodazar. That's why Mordechai provoked him by not bowing down to him. Umayi Gialem, what reached upon them? The Israchish Nisa, that we had a miracle occur to us. And that's why you have to start really hearing it from the story of Mordechai. Umanda Amar Me'achar Drim And the one who says it's from Achar Drim which is really when Haman comes into the picture. So Mara, what did... So who see what did Mara Haman? What did Haman see? Shnitzkana bechol hayehudim who wanted to take vengeance on the entire Jewish people. It was al kach. It was on this mishum de Mordechai lo yichra velo yishtachave. It was on this regarding that Mordechai did not bow down and prostrate himself to Haman. What came upon them? Vitalu It was that Haman and his children were hanged on the gallows. And then the umanda amar mibalaylahu and the one who says mibalaylahu Rabbi Shimon Yochai. He says, Parak Vav Pasak Aleph, Ma Ra'u what did Achashverosh see? Lehevi as Sefer Hazichronos to bring the Book of Chronicles. It was Al Kacha. It was on this, the Zminise Esther Lahaman Behadia, that Esther invited Haman to the party with him. And that's what was started bothering Achashverosh. And that's why he's like, I got to look into this. That's why he took out this Sefer Hazichronos, Umayi Gialem. And then what reached them? The Israchesh Nisa, that a miracle happened to Am Yisrael. Beautiful. So those are the two ways of understanding all these opinions that are based on one Pasuk, whether you explain it like Rabbi Yechanan or like Rav Huna, all of these opinions, these shitot are based on one Pasuk. Okay, Amar Rabbi Chalmo, Amar Rav Chama, Bar Nuria Guria, Amar Rav. So Rav Chalmo says the name of Rav Chama, the son of Guria, and the name of Rav, Halacha Kedivrei HaOmer Kula. The Halacha follows the one who says you have to hear the whole entire thing. And who was that? That was Rabbi Meir. Okay. And then, now it's interesting because you can connect that to what we said, how Rabbi Meir was the one who was able to write down the whole entire Megillah, Balpeh. We saw that in, uh, was it last episode? Okay, so anyways, so it's according to that opinion. You have to hear the whole entire thing. And even to the one who says it's from Me'ishihudi, still, even the one who says Me'ishihudi, and I guess all the other opinions as well, still, and who said Ishihudi, that was Rabbi Yehuda, still you have to have the whole entire Megillah in front of you. You can't read from uh, a half Megillah or a Megillah missing, you know, one or two prakim. It's got to be a whole entire Megillah. And Rabbi Chalma Marav Chama Bar Guria Marav and Rabbi Chalma said the name Rabbi Chalma Bar Guria Marav Megillah Nikre Sefer Venikre Igaris. The Megillah is called a Sefer that's in Parak Tes Pasuk Lamed Beis and it's also called an Igaris, a letter in Parak Tes Pasuk Chavtes. So Nikre Sefer, it's called the Sefer. Why? If you sew the parchment together with um, the strings of of flax, of Pishtun, then it's possible. It's not good. You have to use real animal sinews. 
However, v'nikres egeres, but it's all, but it's called an egeres. It's called a letter sheim hitil ba shlosha chutegidim k'sher. That if you stitch it with only three sinews, uh, strings of sinews, and it's kosher, you don't have to you know, sew the whole entire uh, parchment piece to next uh, sew the pieces together. As long as you have three stitches, then it's okay. That's why it's called an egeres, right? It doesn't go through the whole entire halachos of a real sefer Torah. And then Amar of Nachman, of Nachman says, Ulovad shihu mishulashin. As long as those three stitches are divided up equally along the entire line of the stitch, meaning first third of the page and then the next third and the next third, the stitches are in those equidistant places. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. Rabbi Yehuda said the name of Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Yehuda said the name of Shmuel. If a person reads a Megillah that's written within a bigger scroll, like it's just part of the books, let's imagine an entire Nevim and Ketsuvim are written together, and the Megillah is just part of it, you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah. It's got to be its own safer. It's got to be its own egeres, its own letter. It has to be separated. So Rav says, Lo Amran Ela Delo Machsera we only said that when it wasn't missing or extra, or wasn't like smaller than the rest of the parchment or bigger than the rest of the parchment. Pursa, um, a little bit. But if let's say the Megillah is a, the part, their parchment's a little smaller than the rest of the parchment around it, or it's a little taller than the rest of the parchment around it, it's viewed as its own separate Egeris, um, and therefore your Kibiyoit's design. You're, you're good to go. Levi Bar Shmuel have a kakari kamed Rabbi So Levi Bar Shmuel, he was reading the Megillah in front of, the, of Rabbi Yehuda, the Megillah. He was reading the Megillah, hakesuva bein haksuvim. He was reading a Megillah that was that was in the um, bigger scroll of, uh, of a Nevi'im and kesuvim. Right? It was between the uh, Svarim. Amar Leis, he said to him, who said to him, Rabbi Yehuda said to uh, Levi Bar Shmuel, um, hare amru hakore, hare amru. Then we we said that hakore megillah That a person who reads a megillah between the other writings, between other sfarim in a bigger parchment, loyatza they haven't filled their mitzvah. And now we have a a, a quotation. Amar abichia bar abba amar biyochanan. Abichia bar abba said name Rabbi Yochanan. Hakore megillah haksuva benaksuvim loyatza. Right, just what we just said. A person who reads a megillah that's written between other writings, other sfarim, loyatza they haven't filled their mitzvah. However, but immediately it kind of hit it on its head. They explained with more detail, but But we learned that only when it comes to a tzibor. But what if an individual is going to be reading it to fulfill their mitzvah? It's only by a community where it has to be a separate eger, a separate parchment. But when it comes to a tzibor, uh, an individual, they can read even though it's part of a bigger um, part of the uh, parchment. And there's farim around it. And on a similar vein, we have another teaching. Oh, so by the way, so it's it's interesting. Does that mean, based on this teaching, that it's Pitsi Shainu, that if uh, Levi Bar Shmuel was reading in front of Rabbi Yehuda, it would have been fine because it was just to an individual. So that's a question that maybe still stands. The next the next teaching. That the remaining uh, space that you usually have on top and bottom of the parchment where there's no stitch. And then immediately, but they hit it on its head. Immediately, they explained. And the only reason we said that was so that it would the parchment wouldn't rip. Because if you would stitch all the way to the top and the bottom, it wouldn't give it any any space to to, to expand, and therefore it would rip it when you when you start doing the galila when you start rolling it. And that's why we did it. It wasn't necessarily a more uh, kadosh type of law, but it was a practical law so that the parchment won't rip when they're 
is no uh, space to uh, to stretch on either top or bottom. So you say, if it wasn't for the fact, or if it wasn't that they left over, HaKadosh Baruch left over in the cave, which both Moshe and Eliyahu stood, if it was left over, with the smallest amount of a hole that's the size of a needle, a mechet, sadkis, that would have been a crack the size of that, both Moshe and Eliyahu wouldn't be able to stand by the strength of the light which was shown by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If there was even the smallest amount of a hole there, they wouldn't be able to live through that. Why? It says, Because it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, A person cannot see me and live. No person can see me and live. So even if it was the smallest amount, a small little hole that would have let a little of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light in, Moshe and Eliyahu wouldn't be able to have lived after that point. When they were in the cleft of the rock, there was... It's a, the Gemara seems to be saying there was no space there for any light to get in because if it was, it would they would not be able to live after that point. And these are these are both stories. Moshe, this is from Shemos Lamed Gimel Chaf Beis, and when it comes to Eliyahu, it's from Malachim Aleph Parak Yud Tes Pasuk Tes through Yud Aleph when he also goes to Harsin and Hakadosh Baruch who shows him the glory there as well. Okay, and the last teaching. Why does it write, And upon them was written, upon Aleim, the Luchos, it was written, all these things which Hashem spoke with you, that being Moshe, Bahar, by Harsinai. Melamed, this comes to teach us, this is from Devarim, Perak, Tes, Pasuk, Yod, it comes to teach us, Melamed, that Kodesh Baruch Hu showed Moshe Rabbeinu, Digduke Torah, all the inferences and the analysis of the Torah, Digduke so from all the analysis that are going to, that's going to take place by the sages, Umasha, Sofrim, Asid, and and all the things that the Sofrim are going to bring new within the Torah, Umayniu, but what is that? It's Mikra Megillah, the reading of the Megillah, that new Chiddush of the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu was already informed about that, all of that and everything by Har Sinai. Wow, okay, Yasher Koach will stop here by the Mishnah, Yasher Koach.